0: Melodies that rain down from heaven. Amen? Amen. Let's put our hands together for talent that God has given our youth choir. In fact, uh, next week, next week, uh, it's going to be a, a high Sabbath in Zion. I think I need a little more in the mic. It's uh, a high Sabbath in Zion. In fact, uh, we have our new associate pastor, uh, that is, his special assignment is the youth ministry, and he is going to be here, Pastor Marvin Clark. He is gearing up, and he is going to be delivering the word with power and might. It's going to be his beginning of his ministry, um, let's say West Coast style. And so he is relocating in the process right now and uh, you're going to see him by God's grace next week and in fact it's going to be a youth day and so all the young people, all the young people, eh, all the young people will be coming uh, in and it's going to be a powerful, powerful experience in the Lord and so we want to encourage you to come and support uh, this new venture and this new thing that God is doing in abundant life. It's, I just like new things. Amen? I just like to see what God has in store and he's unveiling something brand new. Stay tuned because God is good and there is power. There is power when you're connected with God. Amen? Amen, Sister Ruby? Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, let me see those individuals celebrating a birthday if you're celebrating a birthday or you celebrated a birthday this week, uh, can I see you standing, please? Celebrating a birthday. Ah, there you go, boy. You are happy to celebrate. Praise the Lord. Keep standing. Keep standing. Keep standing. Keep standing. Keep standing. I think Maya is celebrating her birthday even today. Where's Maya? Well, I think she just sang her vocals out. There she is. <laughs> Amen. We want to we, we wanna just say happy birthday to all of you. Uh, we know that it's a very special thing to celebrate. I know Sister Boyd, she spoiled herself this week. And uh, it was a wonderful thing just to have you. When you came on the scene, when you came on the scene, you know what happened? God says, I have my eyes on you. You are the apple of his eyes right, and God loves you. Now, you may not be celebrating a sweet 16. You may be celebrating a sweet 20-something or 40-something, but you listen, or maybe um, 30-through or something like that. But let me let you know that God loves you, we love you, and we want to wish you all the best. Happy birthday to you. Amen? Let's put our hands together. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen please be seated amen thank you amen Um, with that being said I I just want to thank the church Uh, last week uh, you uh, just you let my family and myself feel good and feel even better being here and uh, we just want to thank you for your gifts and for your prayers and for your cards and words of um, encouragement uh, as I begin my second year. This is actually no, I've just finished my second year, and I'm beginning my third year trek here. And um, you know, I'm just I'm just so delight delighted to be here in your presence, and to be a part of uh, this wonderful ministry that God has spawned here in this city. Uh, of las vegas and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to greater things and learning more things and greater things from all of you and so i want to thank you on behalf of my family and myself thank you very much for just making us feel extra welcome at, on this um, pastors our last week's pastors appreciation sabbath thank you very much all right That being said, today uh, we have a message, and the aim of this message is to encourage every one of us to get involved. Um, and I'm, I'm saying this at the beginning because I realized that as a church, as a ministry here, that Many of us, we come to church for different reasons. And the truth be told that God has one reason for each and every one of us to come to Him. There is only one true reason why we should come to church. We hold back and refuse to get involved. What truly happens is that the curse rests upon you. And God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be blessed, and he knows that you are blessed and highly favored. And so one of the aim that the leadership has in this church is to get 100% involvement. You may not be able to get up and go out and knock on doors, or you may not have uh, the, the gift of eloquence to preach or to teach. Are to lead a Bible study, but you may have the voice to sing, and you're holding back, Sister McGee. Uh, sorry, did I say a name? Sorry about that. <laughs> you may have a, a gift to just simply be, you know, show hus, uh, hospitality. God wants you to use that, and so. Our aim as we begin and in the preparation for even next year, we want to get everyone involved. Everyone involved in some form of ministry. And so we want to encourage the church in this manner as we prepare for next year. We need ushers, we need greeters, we need deaconesses, we need individuals in the children's department, in pathfinders, in adventurers, we need your help. And we know that God has gifted you. And we want to encourage you to get involved. And so as we go through this message, I I pray that the Lord will so encourage you to get on board in ministry, ministry of the Lord. Amen? Amen? And so church, I'd like you to turn with me to one of my favorite passages in the Bible, the book of Mark. Mark chapter 3 verse 1. Mark chapter 3 and we're looking at verse 1. Mark chapter 3 verse 1. And in this book we see Jesus having another encounter, having A very strange encounter with these individuals in Mark chapter 3 verse 1 and I'm going to ask us all let's stand let's stand as we read the word let's stand and as we just allow the Word of God to saturate in us Mark chapter 3 and we are looking at verse 1 I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible in verse 1 it says that he entered again into the synagogue and there was a man which had a withered hand, and they watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, and that they might accuse him. Verse 3, And he said unto the man which had a withered hand, Stand forth. And he said unto him, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he had looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored as whole as the other. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodesians against him how they might destroy him. As we look at the word of God, I'm asking you to help me as I meditate on this message and why do we come to church? Who comes to church? As we see in this, Mark chapter 3, verse 1 to 6, Father in heaven, we ask that you will please bless us. We ask for your anointing upon your people, Father. You have called us for this moment, for this time, in this particular area to lift up your word. And we pray, Father, that you will hide me behind Calvary's cross, that it may not be my words, but it will be yours, Father. We just ask, Lord, that you will take control. We ask that you will bless. We ask for a divine anointing upon each and everyone listening in this church online surround us once again now and speak through us by us and in us for we ask this in Jesus name amen please be seated the truth of the matter is that all of us we come to church for different reasons every single one of us we are here for a reason and there are categories of individuals within the church of God now this was the same in the time of Jesus you see in the time of Jesus uh, there are individuals that had different ambitions different motivations they had different trainings and as as a result of it they gave rise to to all different sorts of interpretations in fact church had uh, different meanings from one synagogue to another from one community to another the church would take on different meanings and and what truly happened usually what happens on the outside of the church, what happens in the political arena, seeps into the church and ultimately causes division in the church. One of the main things that why Jesus established a church is because he wanted his people to be united and not divided. Any organization that is divided and that is not on the same page, will ultimately be destroyed. Any organization. It reminds me of the story, true story, of Crown Books. I don't know if you remember Crown Books. It was perhaps about 25 years ago in in the 90s. Robert Haft, he was the son an heir of this company. And he would go on TV and he would coin these commercials and he would say, if you paid in full, you did not buy it from Crown Books. And that was his thing. And he was going around and this, this was one of the major book distributors back there in the early 90s. But soon very after, his, his father decided that he is not going to turn the company over to his son. Father was getting a little old and the father decided that, you know, he doesn't want his son to rule and to lead in this company. And so very soon after, he removed his son from the chairmanship. He, Suspended the son's uh, $500,000 salary that he's getting every year and also $250,000 bonus a year. He stopped it all. And there was an infighting in this company. Very soon after, the wife of the owner of the company uh, went forth and asked, Please, I, I'm I'm asking you, please, just just leave everything alone to, to your son. But the father was so angry that he turned around, Mr. Mr. Half turned Herbert, half turned around and fired his wife from the company. In fact, a divorce came. And soon after companies like Borders and Barnes and Noble and Amazon muscled their way in and took over the market share of Crown. Soon after, this massive company claimed bankruptcy and ultimate liquidation in 2001. What was a united company was divided because of infighting. And you have many different examples of companies, institutions, and so forth that has imploded. One of the, the, the aim of wars, uh, one thing that's often said that anything that's divided against itself will ultimately crumble, but the, one of the greatest enemy of an institution is the institution itself and the individuals within the institution. And so we take note with this as Jesus was instructing his church back there in the apostolic days in the early century, Jesus told his church how to function, how to order themselves and he, it was his aim that all the Jewish individuals, the Jews, would be in order. But they decided that they did not want to listen. They wanted to do things their own way. And shortly after, about 40 years after Jesus left, the entire system collapsed. And Jerusalem, if you remember, The temple in Jerusalem was burnt down to the ground in A.D. 70. But what we see in this particular text, in Mark chapter 3, we see something very interesting here where Jesus, he is... Looking and reading the hearts and minds of these individuals. He's first of all seeing there's a need of a man that needs healing. And they're watching Jesus to see if Jesus is going to heal this man. If he's going to be healed on this Sabbath day. And they know Jesus. And they know that Jesus had compassion on those that happened. He asked this man to stand forth. And when the man stood forth Jesus asked a very interesting question a series of questions he says is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil or to save a life or to kill you see everything that Jesus did was well calculated and there is, there, is a, there is a lesson that he is he's bringing out for us in the, right throughout the eternal ages. Jesus was trying to show the, the true intent of Sabbath observance and Sabbath worship. And as Jesus asked them this question, they could not answer. They could not answer. And so Jesus went forth and he asked the man to stretch forth his withered right hand. And as he stretched forth his withered hand, we don't know if it was right or left, sorry for supplying that. As he stretched that out, Jesus, he proclaimed this man to be healed and he restored the man's hand as was with the other. What we got to understand And looking in the story of Jesus, we got to understand what Jesus is bringing out in there. And how we could apply this to our lives. Today I want to tell you that there are individuals that came to church. And they came to church for good reasons. And those who came for bad reasons. Those that came to divide. And those who came to conquer. Those who came to build up. Those who came to encourage. And so I want to break this down. And and as I heard a a friend of mine speaking, he would say that there are three people that 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 comes to church. Three individuals. One, those who come to encounter God. Those individuals that come to encounter God was like this man with the withered hand. This man, he was there in the, in the area of the synagogue and he came to encounter God. He came to be empowered. He came for healing. He came because he, he figured out that there is no other place that I could come where I could find peace. Uh, I'm not accepted in other societies. Others are making fun of me. Others are scoffing at me. And so this man decided that he was going to come to church. And so this man, he knew that his hand was useless. He knows that this, this hand that he had, was it, it, it was it needed healing, but he knew that the healer was in church. It's a hard thing when individuals can come to church and they feel that they're coming to church and they're coming and they want to be healed, but they are afraid that they will be judged they're afraid that they will be looked down upon one of the things that i hate to hear is where individuals say well i don't have clothes for church you know and i my my inclination is to say come come as you are come as you are what we got to understand is is that you know what what jesus is is bringing out is that this very man he wanted to encounter power he wanted to encounter healing and 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 so when when this man uh, thought of this whole idea of of coming in he knew that the great healer was going to be there he knew that someone could make a difference in his life and so when when this man uh, looked at this he says you know I'm coming to encounter God he came seeking God he came the day to that day to encounter God he had no idea what was going to happen he didn't know he probably thought that you know he's gonna come just like any other time in the synagogue he, he just thought that but something was different about this that you need a miracle uh, maybe it's a miracle of a bill being paid and God will just show you how it's going to be done. Or just give you peace in, in the whole process. Maybe it is healing. And maybe it is some, something that you're struggling with all your life. Maybe it's an addiction. And you have been struggling with this addiction over and over and over. And you want to have deliverance. We don't know. But you have come to the right place. Amen. The church of God. Amen. And so this man came in now this guy came to meet God he came to worship to seek him he was expecting positive and he was ready to give he wouldn't have come if he didn't think that something could make a difference but he came And so as he came to church, he came to get his praise on. He came to fellowship with others who are in the same situation. You see, as I preached on a few weeks ago, that this church is truly a hospital. It's a hospital where everyone comes. Everyone comes to be healed. It's not a hospice. It's a hospital. It's a place where we come, where we know that we're not going to be judged, quote, unquote, where we're not going to be looked down upon, but where we are going to encounter God. There are some of us today that need to encounter God in uh, this way, in the way that this man did. We need God to restore something in our lives. For some, it is a relationship with him. For others, it's a relationship with our families, broken relationship. For still others, it is something else. All of us have something in our lives that we must let wither away. And God wants to do this work. He wants to perform this miracle in you. And so this man came on the Sabbath day, as appropriate as it was, and Jesus watched this man, and as he saw him, he knew his heart, just as he knows your heart, even right now. And when this man was healed, when his heart This man encountered the true power of heaven, the one who stepped out into nothing and spoke and everything came forth. When this man was truly healed, he was amazed, he was was so overjoyed by this experience. No longer did he have to go through life with this hand that was withering away. This man was overjoyed. He was healed. He came in one way, but he left another way rejoicing. Wouldn't it be an interesting thing that everyone, visitors, friends, they will come to church. They come to church in one way, perhaps discouraged, weighed down, burdened down. But they leave praising God, leaving, recognizing that they have been with the God who created heaven and earth. Realizing that they had an encounter with the God who restores, who renews. Now that's what church is supposed to be all about. Amen? Amen? Amen. But unfortunately, we have those who don't come to encounter God. They come to counter Him. You didn't get that. They come to counter God. Now these are individuals in the category of the religious leaders. And they believe they are so righteous. And they believe they are so holy. And they believe that they have arrived and they look at the amount of years that they have within the church, or the amount of ear miles they have accumulated right? And, and they, they evaluate things from that standpoint. And so these individuals, religious leaders in the category here, these would be the Pharisees. You know, the Pharisees were there for no other reasons than to make sure that no one did anything wrong. They were not there to worship because they were the worship, so they thought, They certainly weren't there to encounter God. They were there to make sure that their traditions were upheld. Now, traditions are good. But any tradition that goes against the principles of God, there's a problem with it. Just this week, in school, in the Abundant Life Academy... Um, in our Bible class and culminating in our assembly, we had the theme of our lesson, which was Jaden. What was the theme of our lesson? Lost and found. Lost and found. Let's put our hands together for Jaden. He got it. He got it. He got it. He got it. Lost and found. And lost and found was based on where's Anaya? Lost and found was based on what book in the Bible? It was based on what? What was it? Luke 1. Luke 15. Let's put our hands together for her. Amen, amen, amen. Do you remember your memory verse? Now, I want you to say it for us then. Say it loud and clear. Say your memory verse. You have, you have the mic? Say your memory verse. This is a momentu- momentous occasion. Say your memory verse. All right. It says, I tell you, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Amen. And where's that? Oh, man. Powerful, powerful. Praise the Lord. And that is taken from what text? Luke 15. Seven, amen, she has it down, amen. Now, that's what you learn at Abundant Life, right? We teach them Bible-based stuff. Now, I could ask any other student that's attending any other school in the valley, and this is a commercial break, and (laughs) they would not be able to tell you that. I challenge anyone. They didn't have a theme. A biblical theme necessarily. I challenge you on that. And so, Abundant Life Academy is where it's at. So, send your kids there. Amen? <laughs> and so, we talked about lost and found and in this, in, this, in, this, in this book of Luke, Luke is bringing out a very interesting story and this is the only gospel that has this story of the prodigal son, of the lost sheep, of the lost coin. And what we're seeing here in in this whole thing, the reason why Jesus brought this story out is because of those individuals that simply came to the synagogue or came to church to counter God. They came came to church to show what they know, but they don't want to learn anything new. You ever meet anybody like that in Sabbath school class, right? You know, they know everything, right? They, want, they are the authority on this subject and they don't want to learn anything. You're, you've, you've met some of these individuals perhaps in your neighborhood, they knock on your door and they want to tell you about their religion, right? But they don't want to learn anything from you. I won't call any names, right? But these, these individuals, they walk around and they want to counter God. And so they come to church to counter God. And these were like the, five, the, the the scribes and the Pharisees. But when you look at it in Luke chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, we see something very interesting in this. They, they're watching Jesus. And they see that Jesus, the scribes and the Pharisees, see that Jesus is hanging around with sinners and he's eating with them now you didn't really get that when you're eating with somebody it's an intimate thing it's an intimate thing when you sit down with somebody and you're eating with them especially back then in 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 the Middle East you're sharing the same bread and the bread was not necessarily sliced like our bread you know, it's not the, like the bread that you buy in Walmart. You slice the bread and, you know, the bread is usually ripped off. And usually, you know, it's passed around and you rip off a chunk and you soak it in gravy and you're eating, right? It's an intimate thing. And, and Jesus now was being looked on by these Pharisees as this righteous man. And he is fellowshipping with these sinners, And the Pharisees in their fancy robes they're looking at Jesus and they're saying he is hanging around with sinners but not only so he's eating with them and they're like oh no this is unclean now another portion they were looking at Jesus and they said how is it that your disciples did not even wash their hands you know and I wash my hands, let me just get that straight. I wash my hands before I eat, before I prepare, and all of that, but they were looking at Jesus and they were trying to find something on Jesus. They came not to encounter but to counter, and they were trying to find an occasion to get Jesus, to trap Jesus. and so we see in Luke chapter fifteen that these were these guys we're looking at this and Jesus now decided that listen I, I'm going to I'm going to tell these guys a parable and and what is a parable let me see is there, no, is there another student from from abundant life here ah there you are what is a parable no yell it out like you're in the playground Ah, we got to get this one. We got to get this one. Because she has this soft voice. Now, guys, this is not planned. This is not planned. She didn't know it. What is a parable? An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Amen. Let's give her hands. Amen. And so, a parable... An earthly story with an heavenly meaning. And and so Jesus is telling this earthly story to illustrate. And he talks about the sheep that was lost. And the shepherd that left the ninety and nine and went and he found the sheep. And he brought it back and there was great rejoicing. Great rejoicing over this lost sheep. And this was where the memory verse came from in in Luke chapter 15 verse 7. That, you know, there's rejoicing over this the sheep that is found. The more than the ninety and nine that considers themselves righteous. But something is, uh, Jesus is bringing this out, and he's bringing this message out in a very interesting way. And so we see now Jesus goes from the, the lost sheep, and he talks about the lost coin. And he's talking about this woman that loses this coin, and she's looking around for all the, she leaves the other, hides the other nine coins, and she's looking for this one coin. And when she finds the coin, she calls Everyone, and the whole neighborhood and friends, they're all celebrating that she has found this lost coin. And then it dubs the very same thing in Luke chapter 15, verse 10, that says there is great rejoicing over one sinner that repents. And then Jesus goes into the story, and he tells the story of the prodigal son. And the prodigal son that comes back home he remembered the son he wanted his father dead and all of that we spoke about it and he told his father give me give me the inheritance and he takes the inheritance goes and he splurges it's you know he enjoys his living and everything and and then he comes back and he is broke he comes back to his father and his father accepts him back and then at the end of it the other son who never left that son he was ticked off and he was angry that the father was treating this son that was lost and that came back. He was so angry, he says, why are you doing all of that? You even killed the fatted calf and all of that? But check it out, we talk about the prodigal son, the one who came back, but the true prodigal son, this prodigal son or the son, the lost son, was that son that remained. There was a son that was lost in the church. The son, he didn't want, he didn't want to even go into worship. He didn't want to go in to celebrate. And so this son was angry and he was mad. That son represented the Pharisees. If you look in all of the stories, what we're seeing, there is a representation of those that remain in. They represent the Pharisees. or A portion of them represent the Pharisees. But the lost, whatever is lost, represents the sinner that comes back. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. Jesus wants each and every one of us to get on his team in the salvation of sinners. Just like us. Jesus, that was his whole mission to show us, listen, we're all equal and we need salvation. Every single one of us. There is not uh, a PhD Uh, doctor, lawyer that is going to heaven that is going to be higher than the person that doesn't have a degree. In heaven, there are no degrees. We're all one in Jesus Christ. And this is what Jesus was trying to say. And so when we look at this in the context of Luke chapter 3, Mark chapter 3, our main text, we see very clearly that these these, these, these uh, leaders, religious leaders, their aim was to maintain the status quo. They wanted to protect their tradition. They wanted to protect their way of doing things. When Jesus, his aim was to look for ways and means to save sinners. That's what it, that's what it was all about. Jesus was looking at ways to, how can I reach out to save a person. How can I make a difference in someone's life? This was the aim of Jesus. And so Jesus did not want people just to come to church and thinking that they had all of that to counter him or to fight. Jesus wanted people to encounter him and to have an experience with him. Now, when we look at this, we see that there are many today in the Church of God. The Church has gone down to the point where individuals they are they 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 think that coming to church is is a traditional thing because this is the way we have done it all these years. It is not so. Jesus wants each and every one of us to come to church to sharpen what we know. This is your testimony. He wants, us to, he wants us to be able to learn from someone's testimony. It's just like a last Wednesday night when we were here, we heard some amazing testimonies, individuals that God blessed. There was Sister, I think it is Sister Taylor. She gave the testimony of how the Lord led her to witness to two people. And she was so amazed by that. And we were so blessed by that this is what church is it helps us to sharpen our tools to help us to to learn that we could learn from others and to be encouraged in the same process and so when we look at this God sets the church for us to grow together for us to be edified together but there's another category of individuals that we see identified in the whole group. We see that those who represent God, now that is Jesus. Jesus was the one right there in that setting that was representing God, showing the true standard of God. He came to do the work and the will of God. He was there to accomplish God's purpose. He came to heal the hurting. He came to meet the needs. The ones who comes to represent God are the ones that are his messengers. The ones who come by the authority of God. Jesus came that day having all authority. He was the messenger and the representative of God. Yet he was rejected and despised by those there. After Jesus had healed these, this, this man, it says that the, these uh, Pharisees and scribes, they went forth and they took counsel with the Herodians to see how they will destroy, destroy Jesus. I believe that we have some representatives in the church today. I believe that even as you step forth to be a Christian and you want to do what is right, you want to live what is right, there will be others looking to destroy you. They will try to destroy you with their tongue, gossiping about you. They will try to destroy you in every single way. They will try to even pray down a curse upon you, failure. They don't want you to have that job. You know, when you hear some people stand up and they testify how the Lord has done great things for them. Uh, we came to church uh, a month ago and, and we have been praying for our job and the, God, the Lord of heaven graced them with a great job. And then you have someone that has been looking for a job for two years and, they don't have, and they're hearing this and you hear some of these people mutter under their breath. Well, let me let you know, just as Jesus had these encounters this with these individuals the same way you're gonna have it in the church in this church there we may all look righteous but not all of us are righteous God wants each and every one of us to be but not all of us are the church right now is at a state And I'm talking to church in the world, right across the world. We're at a state right now where we are becoming so sophisticated about doing what we want to do that we turn our backs on what God truly wants the church to do in the community. We see Jesus, he was setting the tone and showing how we ought to have church, healing others. How we have to have church in helping others, helping the hurting, and all of that. But so many times we find ourselves as a, as a church, we are off track. And we, we, we are getting into things that we even, even debates that we should not even be in. Because of individuals, they think they want to counter God. They want to be God. They want to be the standard. And I'm saying that's in and out. And I believe God truly wants every single one of us to have this wonderful experience and relationship with God that we will advance the cause of God. You know, where are the days, everybody, when the disciples can come in and say, you know, I mean, even the demons had power over us. Uh, We had power over the demons. Even the sick, we, we, we just called on the name of the Lord and, and the sick was, 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 was healed. Where are those days? Where, let me ask you, where is the power? Where is the power? The very same church that Jesus Christ set up. Where is that power? I want to tell you that the power, it's here. The power is available right here. It's in the church, young people, older folks. It's in the church, but somehow we are not taking advantage of it. The unfortunate thing is if you see the numbers of us, there are about 300 people here. 300 people. We have about maybe 20% that is active in ministry that is running this church 20% active in helping the church financially active in ministry focus helping the church in ministry volunteering in ministry active in praying and doing all you can with your influence to help the church to advance there's about 20 there are about 20% but truly what i want to break down to us as we even are preparing for the the next season is that i believe god is calling for every single one of us visitors members and friends to get 100% involved in god's church now I, I'm, I know some of you are saying, "Well, it's impossible. Uh, you don't know my schedule and all of these things." But let me let you know: without the 20%, there would be no church. There would be no church if 39% of individuals financially supporting this church and it's there, it is by their aim and their. Help that the church is actually, bills are being paid and and everything is happening in the church. What about the rest? What if we would have 100% participation in the church? You know, just this last summer, we had a very interesting um, summer camp. We had about 120 young people, kids in our summer camp. And I want to thank God that we have uh, the... I have to say your name the bodles. the Bor Burgos I had to get it right the Burgers let me see your hand the Burgers and their family they're here today and they came from they came to summer camp and they said you know something we want to be a part of this ministry we want to help, and I met, I met Mary at, uh, with uh, Brother Howard. We were, trying to, we were setting up the Sanctuary Series, and I met Mary at Home Depot, and she came to me, and I was like trying to figure out who you were, and you say, well, hey, you know, do you remember me from summer camp? I said, okay, yes, I remember you. And, and then she started talking about some, all these ideas that we could do in the church, and I said, you know, that's a keeper. If every single one of our members should speak that way. If every single one of our members should encounter, come to encounter God in that way. Do you imagine, can you imagine where our church would be? But most of the membership tends to sleep. (coughs) You may think I'm flowing stones. My aim is to try to get us back on track we need to get busy for the lord amen Amen. we need to allow god to just do what he wants to do in our lives we need that encounter we need our hands our withered hands that we are allowing to sleep in the pews we gotta allow these withered hands to be restored amen We got to allow God to just take control of our lives and let your ministry, you have a ministry, every single one of us, we have a ministry here in the church, and God wants us to use it to his glory and to his honor. But truly, God is asking us and seeking for us to be like Mike. You know who Mike is? Michael the Archangel, Jesus Christ. We need to be like Jesus Christ. And this is where the representative of God comes in. And as I conclude, church, we're nearing the end of this year. We have accomplished so much this year with the little help that we have, with individuals coming in and, I mean, individuals helping out in summer camp, individuals helping out in parking lot preaching, helping out in our our evangelistic campaigns that we have and the various services and leaders and so forth. But God is seeking for those individuals that will come forth and help in God's church in a major way with your influence, with your time, with your tithe, with all that you have God is seeking for people for all of us to come together and help. Amen? Amen. It's important for us to understand as the book of Luke chapter 9 verse 62 tells us. It says Jesus said unto him, no man puts his hand on the plow and look back is fit for the kingdom of God. No man And so each and every one of us at some point, we have responded to God. We have put our hands in the plow. We are so excited about our calling. The Lord is saying, do not look back. Do not look back. I want you to put your hand in the plow. I want you to keep your hand in the plow. I want you to accomplish my will and your purpose. And so as we have gone through this teaching this afternoon, It is my prayer that every single one of us, member, friends, visitors, we want to get you involved. We want to get you involved in in the ministry of the church, in some form of the ministry of the church. We want to get you here on the 15th, when we are going to be discussing about all our plans for next year, we want you to be involved. Amen? Amen? And so it is my prayer that as Jesus, taught his disciples to get involved in the life of others, to be his representative. It is my hope that someone today will decide that I want to be a representative of God. I want to encounter God. But I don't want to just be individuals. I don't want to be in like others coming to counter God. But I want God's spirit and his power to be in me. That whatever he tells me to do, I will do to his glory and to his honor amen Amen. and church as I close out I know that sometimes we we have these messages and you're wondering you know where's the pastor going you know what does he want me to do you know how much more does he want me to do Uh, I don't want you to do anything it's not about me it's about God the same one that is bringing breath to your nostril right now, he's the one that is calling you into active service. Amen? And so if someone will just stand, like Brother Wilson, he decided that he was going to bring his neighbor. This is his special project. Well, he brought his special project, his neighbor. If everyone did that church will be even more glorious, amen? God is asking us to get busy, to get involved, and to allow the Spirit, His Spirit, to work in our lives. And so church, this morning or this afternoon, I'm not going to ask you anything, but I believe the Holy Spirit is asking you to give it all up To surrender all to Him. Amen? And if this is your desire, you want to be, you want to say, listen, enough is enough. I want to stand forth for God. I want to have the anointing of God up on my ministry. I know God is calling me into something big. Something good. It could be one word uttered can make a difference. One word. I want to be used. And as I conclude in this appeal, brother, what's your name again? Brother? Brother? Richel. Richel. Now, Brother Richel, just last, uh, he was in our summer camp and he helped us in our summer camp and he spoke wisdom into a young man's life. And about two months after this young man's He he was not uh, from this area, but he attended our summer camp. And I was speaking to his mother, and he says, there was this man that spoke to my son and told him that you are a leader and God is going to do great things in you. And the young man told his mother, his mother told me, and I was trying to think of who it is, and I saw you last week, and I said, was that you? And it was indeed him. I'm just saying one word could make a difference. And I believe God wants to use us in such an amazing way. If we will just allow ourselves to be used in his service to his glory and to his honor, can you imagine what will happen? And so with that, church, I want to invite you and encourage you to stand with me as a dedication of service to say, I want to be be used. I want to be used by God. I want God to use me. I want to be used in some way, shape, or form to his glory and to his honor. There's some that is in our midst here, they may need special prayers to turn their back on abuse or addiction, turn their backs on the things that is holding them back for for accomplishing to accomplishing their goals. And if this is your desire, I want to have a special prayer with you. Anyone that wants to come down and you want to say, listen, Jesus, I want to, I just want you to take control of my life. I want to surrender all to you and I want your full blessing. I want your full anointing upon my life and I want to be used by you. I know you're calling me into a greater calling. If this is your desire, I'm asking you to come forward. I know the anointing of God is is strong, and He wants to do so much in our lives. If we just allow ourselves to be used, can you just imagine? If a man could stand and just give one word to a little young man, and that little, that word, that phrase could just change his destiny. Can you imagine what God could do if you allow yourselves to be used that's the power of God and I want encourage anyone else that wants to come slip out of your seat slip out of your seat it's a simple appeal you want to be used you want to take your ministry to the next level I invite you to come God is calling you He's calling you. He's calling you. Today, if you hear my voice, don't harden. Don't harden your heart. You know, God has a special place in His ministry for you. Amen? and if we will just allow ourselves to be used can you imagine just imagine let us bow our heads for prayer father here we are once again we're standing to dedicate ourselves to ministry we're standing Lord because we want to be used by you we want your Holy Spirit Lord to Take control of our lives. I pray, Father, that you will help each and every one of us that came here, that we will truly have this wonderful encounter with you. Help us, Lord, not to be like those in the category that want to counter God, but that truly, Lord, you will lead us to be representatives of you. Oh, Lord, in a special way. We ask that you'll anoint each and every one that came up to the altar. There's some, Lord, that may be struggling with something and they just want to, they want to be loosed in you. They want to have the power of the Holy Ghost working up on their lives and they don't want to be under any spell. They want to be just under the Holy Ghost and to be used, to be empowered. I pray, Lord, that for those that wants to step out and to make such a difference in ministry oh Lord bless them those that come to surrender their lives Lord please Lord help them not to look back but to move forward by your grace and by your power Lord when all is said and done all the sermons and earth and teachings and songs on earth is done All that we want to see is your face and you coming in glory. Bless us and keep us until then. Send forth your anointing upon your people, Lord. Save us in your kingdom. Be with those listening online. You know their needs, Father. Those that may have responded to this appeal, Lord, help them to send the appropriate email that we will count them in this number. And, Lord, that we will all be ready for you to come. We thank you and we praise you, for we ask these things in Jesus' worthy name. Amen. Amen. Amen.